Hello, and welcome to Pat and Stu. The uh, yeah, uh, that it pains me. <laughs> nice broken clipboard. <laughs> did, you, did you eat a bite? Did you, were you hungry? Just yeah. take a bite one day. What happened? Seriously though, you gotta love that guy. You oh God! You know, seriously, now. come on. Seriously. The furthest thing, <laughs> come on, from love is what I seriously. feel. Seriously, come on, look at him. Is what I feel. Look at him. Look at him. I, seriously, if you were, I mean, I know if you listen to this show or you watch the show, you might see Jeffy and you say, "Yeah, there's that guy that's on TV." But if you saw him in real life, I mean, what, how would you react to that? You'd run in horror. You'd run shock and horror. I see people all the time. You'd shriek and you'd run. That's how you. That's how you'd handle the situation. I see uh-huh. people all the. How did Wesley put it in Princess Bride? Good God, what is that thing? thing. <laughs> what are you doing? Why are you moving that around? For some reason, it's not a lot today. <laughs> Everything about you is irritating me today. So I shouldn't have leaned on it. <laughs> no, <laughs> I may have broken the. I may have broken the wheels. All right. Stunningly, your weight has broken another piece of furniture. You know, <laughs> you know I, do. I, don't, I don't know why. You I don't know. know why. To you answer know. your question, I don't know. You know. Why. It's one of those days, and I apologize. You're always the target because you're in front of me. Uh, almost every direction. Actually, Pat I look. is in front. <laughs> Sorry again. That, I don't know why it's starting this way, Pat. There's no reason for it to start this way. No, it's let's really start not. over. Let's just start. Can we can roll the Pat theme? And Stu let's show. run the theme again. We'll just start over mm-hmm. now. Not don't run the whole theme because it's like 14 minutes long, but. Uh, hey, it's Pat and Stu. Welcome hey. to the program. It's uh, I'm Stu. Uh, that's Pat, and then that's the. the th- Hi. I, I can't. I can't get past. <laughs> I can't get the past. Pointing it. thing is. It's really irritating. It's, uh, it's really irritating. Uh, I think that's the genesis yeah, of my of my feelings towards okay. you today. Okay. Well, try to get the little happy, the little the waving, the pointing, uh-huh. mm-hmm. uh, the grinning. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the show. <laughs> it's really <laughs> irritating. The happy-go-lucky demeanor, as if he had anything to be happy about. What do you have to be happy about? Look at you. All right? I We're all fortunate to be alive because we were almost killed in our sleep yes. last night. We were, yeah. uh, experienced quite a storm. And, and for a while, there was a tornado warning. Uh, it started as a watch, and then it, it turned into a warning. And uh, I, I don't know that anything actually touched ground, though. I don't know if anything not around us with rotation actually happened, but um, they it really sounded like it was it was on the way, and you never knew. And and but fortunately, it was just super windy. It sure was. Rainy. At one point, I honestly thought that we had the tornado was like I thought next it was bearing down. House. I honestly, we were in our little safe space in our pantry. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't so even too, know man. if it's safe, but it's the furthest inland place in our house. The windows. And, and, and uh, so we're all gathered in there, crunched up in my pan- <laughs> food pantry. And we're just hearing this roaring. I mean, it is. Yeah. The wind had to be 80, 85 miles an hour. And, and I, I went out and peeked, and, and the oak trees are bent in half. I, it, was, it, it was raining almost upside down. The wind was so hard. It yeah. was crazy out there. Yeah. And then we're hearing banging against our walls and banging outside from things being blown all over the place. And it, it's, it was kind of, my kids were terrified. Yeah, it was You're weird. Terrified. I, we had a, a tree in our next door uh, neighbor's uh, property that like, basically looked like it just snapped in half. Um, oh, and, really? Uh, 
And our one of our gutters was sort of damaged, like pulled away from the house. We didn't have anything yeah. major. Um, uh, but I, it was funny because we, you know, the, the alarms went off on the phone. Hey, mm-hmm. um, you've got a you know terrible tragedy about to then occur. The t- did you hear the um, tornado and, siren too? Yeah, I don't really hear the, the sirens siren, too well man, from my own. Oh, yeah, we we had, that was going on for oh a, my gosh. a longer period than it's ever gone off. Wow. Well, the second and that that first time it didn't seem like it was going to end, and it finally stopped. And then I oh. Great. Okay, if it stopped, it's okay. Just take it easy. If it goes off again, everything's fine. I looked at the radar, and the rest of that thing is right on top of us. Yeah. And off yeah. it goes again. And I was, oh my gosh. It was amazing yeah. though because when the you know the alarm went off, it was there was nothing going on at all. I mean, it was it was to- it wasn't raining, it wasn't windy, uh, it was a little cloudy. It seemed like nothing going on at all. <laughs> and then uh, we, so I'm like, well, I guess it's coming. I'm looking at the radar, and you can see, like, we're, we're not quite to the beginning of the storm. And I'm like, well, I guess maybe let's, let's go. Let's just, you know, it would take some of the, 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 you know, the little deck chairs and make sure we get everything a little bit more tied down than, or, than it was. We'd already kind of knew something was coming, so we did a little bit. Um, and I, so I went back inside. I was going to move one thing. I went back inside. I came back out. And before I could even get back outside, it was as if the apocalypse was occurring. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, it was 50 mile an hour, 60 mile an hour wind yeah, gusts. It came fast. Boy. I mean, it came Oof. out of nowhere. I mean, I, and so there was no, it all just stayed out there. And, and yeah. you know, the garbage can blew across the, the, the driveway. You know, all the chairs uh-huh. were all over the place. I mean, it was that type of thing. But it yeah. wasn't any, at least for us, we got a little bit lighter than, than Pat and Jeffy. Yeah, it was. Um, obviously, Jeffy. It was pretty serious. Living in a trailer park, you're always going to get the worst. Well, of it. We, uh, we're um, at the Target. Yeah, when they built when they built the park yeah. that we all live in, they, they put them directly in the, the trees path. and they flatten the land, and that's yeah. like a target for tornadoes. And to, to be clear, you didn't want to pay the rental fee of the park, so you're actually on the outskirts of the property. Um, you just By the kinda, fence that mm-hmm. fell down, fell down on the trailer. On, on the trailer. Yeah. That's a that's just a, a separate thing. Um, yeah. So anyway, that was our <laughs> night last night, which means you know the good thing about that and is it happened at two two thirty in the morning. Yeah, for so, us two forty five. So it's the good thing it, about that is like you. Uh, you wake up out of a sound sleep. Yeah. Uh, you uh, wonder if your kids are going to make it through the night. Yeah. Um, and, and you and wonder yourself. if you're going to have a house at the end yeah. of this thing. Yep. And then you and get to just go. Well, you go back to sleep. Right back you, to sleep. Mm-hmm. You turn right on the t- you turn on the TV because that's what you do to find out where the storm is. And then, pink, all power goes dead. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. Okay, we're really we're to- we might be toast here. I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> I've never lost power in one of these before, and it was it was up for probably four hours. Oh, really? We just had a blink yeah. of it off. Uh, really? Yeah, we I had some of the time. highways shut down this morning because they had power lines down yeah, across power the highways. Lines, man. Trees. It was quite a storm. Triple eight seven two seven Beck eight 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 seven two seven B E C K. Do we have? Uh, speaking of all this, we we all know the cause. Of what oh, happened last night, unquestionable. Right? There's fi- finally we, we all can know the say, cause. We've been deniers. We could say it. Yeah. You know, we we didn't we see the light it. now. Uh, we see the light now. Tornadoes have never us. happened in Dallas before. There has never this been is a brand new thing. It's a, a brand new shaped, uh, windy no uh, cloud no. that. Kind I, of I don't know. I don't know that it's ever rained in Texas before. No. I don't know that it has, except and, uh, the exact right amount. Because that would mean yes. a drought, and that would also be global warming. Right. Um, but uh, now it's global warming. We know that. We know that that's true. It's global warming. Um, and we admit it now. Um, and this is why we are opposed to Donald Trump and his right-wing administration. Mm-hmm. His deeply right-wing, mm-hmm. all right, all conservative, all the time right-wing administration for doing something that's actually pretty good, which is uh, getting rid of these uh, climate uh, restrictions. Um, so Obama uh, had a bunch of these he put in. Just, you know, he felt like it. Couldn't get it through Congress. So he's just like, you know what? I'll just do it myself. I got a pen and a phone. Remember when he used to brag about that? 
You know who really likes the pen and the phone? Donald Trump. He hasn't passed one piece of meaningful legislation yet, but uh, he has, I mean, really, has he signed one piece no. of meaningful legislation? I know oh, he's God. done things like the, um, the, the, the Keystone Pipeline. He's done a lot of executive orders. Uh, he's done a lot of that stuff. Um, so far, nothing big as far as the... I mean, there's been a couple of smaller things, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, here he uh, does get rid of a bunch of these uh, Obama-era climate policies. Uh, executive order on Tuesday uh, under a slew of uh, Obama-era climate change regulations. His administration said was ho- hobbling oil drillers and coal miners, a move environmental groups uh, have vowed to take to court. How can he, uh, he? He's bringing it back to the exact same thing that existed before. He's just undoing what Obama did. How do you bring that to court? I mean, that's ridiculous. The decree's main target is uh, the Obama's uh, clean power plan. Required states to slash carbon emissions from power plants, a critical element in helping the United States meet its commitments to a global climate change accord reached by nearly 200 countries in Paris in 2015, which is a complete sham. If you go to my Facebook page, I think it's the top video on my Facebook page right now. If you want to know what the the uh, the climate uh, agreement in Paris and how stupid it is, and how mm-hmm. any anytime anyone brings this crap up, if you want to shoot it down, you can look at that because it's really ridiculous. Now, environmental groups, of course, were pissed off. They said uh, it's dangerous and it goes against the broader global trend towards cleaner energy technologies. Um, that's not so. I, I think what I would say that is so. Um, I don't care if, you, if we're going against a broader global trend. That's not really my, my job as president. Um, I don't really need to concern myself with broader global trends. Maybe you should. Maybe you should. Maybe I should. And, and, but maybe uh, I shouldn't. And an inconvenient truth is uh, back, and this time it's pissed off. Thank you. Um, Finally. Inconvenient truth part two or whatever. Uh, a re- super inconvenient yeah, truth. Yeah, it's more inconvenient than it was before. It's a lot more inconvenient, and it's a lot more truth, And uh, which would be... Not saying much because there was no truth in the first one, uh, but do we have the trailer of that? Is it? Yeah, let's uh, let's let's take a look oh, at the uh, trailer for to get through this. Al Gore's. It's supposed to be seventy degrees today. It's freezing here. Speaking of global warming, where is we need some global warming? It's freezing. He's just joking, guys. From, from the creators the of the Academy Award. The scene in the movie An Inconvenient Truth was listening. showing <laughs> that the combination of sea level rise and storm surge would flood the 9-11 memorial site. And people said, what a terrible exaggeration. I can't believe they're leaving this. Hurricane slammed into New York City last night, flooding the World Trade Center site. I cannot believe it. stronger and more destructive. Watch the water splash off the city. This is global warming. I'm so oh. scared. Sorry. Water splashing? But this, to me, is the most exciting new development. What? We're seeing a tremendous amount of uh, positive change. Really? The basis is there, but it's still not enough. It's crunch time at the climate change conference in Paris. Still some really tough negotiations going on. What would it take to shift to renewables? I'm talking about breaking the impasse. Virtually every nation in the entire world agreed to get to zero greenhouse emissions. It is unprecedented. It's time to put America first. That includes a promise to cancel billions in climate change spending. Yes! Thank you. Good. We'll end the EPA. Good. 
The next oh, generation no. oh, will be sad. justified He's in sad looking back that. at us and asking, what were you thinking? Couldn't you hear what the scientists were saying? Couldn't you hear what Mother Nature was screaming at you? No. No. This movement is God, in he's the awful. tradition oh, of sure every is. great movement that has advanced humankind. This is unbelievable. We're not going to recognize this. This is what he was promoting when we played his stuff on Friday. It is right to save humanity. It is wrong to pollute this earth. It is right to give hope to the future generation. Give hope? That's what's right. Giving hope. Everything he shows in this. Don't let anybody tell you that we're going to get on rocket ships and land on Mars. And will happen again. This is our home. Right. And our home has been volatile from day one. We have weather events. Good gosh. I, he is unbelievable. The water is splashing down on the city. Well, of course water splashes. But so? Water, that's what water does. This is global warming. No, it's not. It's called rain, a-hole. It's called rain. We've had it before. We're having it now. We'll have it again. It, there will also conversely be, fl- be droughts. The, every once in a while. There will conversely be cold weather. There'll be hot weather. I mean, this is just the most ridiculous nonsense I have ever had to endure. Um, and we've, Wow. That's, that's an incredible. I mean, the water splashing on wow. the earth, this is new evidence. Look at the warning. water splashing down on the foot. I mean, is he even trying? <laughs> the, global, the, the Paris uh, Accord is, it did nothing. It oh, does nothing. It's a bunch gosh. of people saying that they intend to do things long in the future that there's no reason to believe they're going to do, as evidenced by his own trailer. Look, people, the leadership changes. Right. Look at this. I mean, it, the whole first part of that is look at how wonderful we are. Look at what we've done. Oh, my God. Uh, the Electoral College came out in the favor of Donald Trump. We're all ruined. This shows how stupid this movement is. Leadership changes. Things change. Even the, it shows how meaningless this thing is. And, ple- and, and by the way, Donald Trump has not pulled out of the Paris Accord. Uh, as was was supposedly going to happen on day one, has not happened yet. Um, although it's a good sign, obviously, what he did yesterday when it comes to railing back these regulations. I'd like to see him actually follow through with the Paris Accord thing. Uh, let's Me get too. that done. Uh, get it done now uh, or as fast as possible. He certainly has had no problem delaying, or no problem jumping into uh, executive orders and things that he can do on his own. He does not need anybody else to help him uh, get out of the Paris Accord. Uh, he can get that done on his own. Um, and uh, hopefully he will do that soon. But, I mean, that is incredible. And, uh, again, you know, if you don't watch or listen to the show every day, you may not have heard me whining about that particular claim that he leads uh, the trailer with. Which is he saying... Despicable. I mean, it's, it is... Despicable. I, we, I, you know what? We should bring back tomorrow uh, the uh, wonderful World of Stew monologue on that per exact mm-hmm. claim. Because it is one of the most disingenuous things I've ever heard a politician or whiny left person uh, try to pull off. He, in his own movie, in like literally, I believe it's the next sentence after he says the thing about flooding in New York City, he says why it will flood in New York City, which is all of Greenland or half of West Antarctica and half of Greenland will melt and fall into the ocean. That's what's supposed to cause the flood, not a storm. He's completely lying, and they're leading the trailer with it. Situation. It's supposed to be a permanent thing. It lasted thing. two days. Come and on. It, it's so on. 
bad. And it's not, you don't have to look in deep into an IPCC report to find the truth on this one. It's in his own movie. He is so sure that no one pays attention to the things he says, that he's actually telling you to look up his own claim, which if you do so, is blatantly a lie. I mean, Mm. that is unfathomable that someone would try that in a trailer for a movie. His own movie disproves his claim. Oh, my God. I can't... how on earth this man can sleep a wink in a decade is beyond me. He's a despicable human he, being. I, that is despicable. despicable. He knows he's lying. He mm-hmm. knows it. I mean, it's... Oh, God, we got to bring that back mm-hmm. tomorrow. Well, that's part so of the deal. These, these climate scientists have did, decided that they needed to lie. They were yep. okay with lying. And they admitted Why? that. Because they needed to get people fired up enough about global warming to get their, their agenda through. People don't care about global warming because they know it's not catastrophic. They know because yep. they go outside every freaking day. They know it's not catastrophic. It's unbelievable. It really is unbelievable. 888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK. Uh, more Pat and Stu is, uh, you know, coming up here momentarily. I am not going to make it, uh, Pat, if we will play another Al Gore. This, this Al Gore <laughs> thing coming back is going to do two things. Number one, it's going to make Pat's uh, impersonation uh, the only thing that brings joy to my life. That's number one. Okay. And number two, as I'm going to obviously have an aneurysm. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's going to occur. Is this with the inconvenient sequel? Yeah. Is that what you're talking that, about? Uh, that's yeah. obviously going to. Oh, my God. So we shouldn't oh play it again. Is that what you're saying? Because we were just going to replay it here. No, we're not going to replay it. We maybe, we'll, maybe we'll replay it tomorrow. That's the thing is why I want to bring back the wonderful world of Stu thing. I did mm-hmm. that when I was calm. Mm-hmm. And so I don't have to scream. I can just we mm-hmm. can just play the other monologue, and it explains all the points with all the quotes, all the clips from the movie, all the actual evidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, so why don't we just look at that tomorrow? But if yeah. we just replay the trailer no, right we're not, now, no. Okay. I like this idea a lot, Pat, because this is coming off of uh, the uh, Donald Trump conversation. If we could continue Mm -hmm. that for just another moment. All right. I like this one a lot. And it's something that Donald Trump can do. And it's something that's very consistent with who Donald Trump is. It's very consistent with the way he's handled the presidency so far. It's very consistent with the campaign promises he made. It's very consistent with the slogan he came up with to win the presidency, which was drain the swamp. Remember that whole thing? Mm Mm-hmm. How does Donald Trump get rid of Obamacare really fast? I like this idea quite a bit from the resurgent. If Donald Trump really wants to get Obamacare repealed, there's one easy thing he could do alone tomorrow that would force the congressional GOP to act. And what is that, Stu? As Phil Kirpin noted, President Obama gave uh, gave Congress an illegal Obamacare exemption that allows members of Congress and committee staff to avoid going into Obamacare. Remember that whole thing? Yep. A little notice meeting with Senate Democrats in March 2013, Obama personally committed to illegally exempt Congress from Obamacare, and he delivered. Obama directed the uh, uh, Office of Personnel Management to issue a rule purporting that Congress, which has thousands of employees, is a small business. And therefore, the D.C. HealthLink Small Business Market, administered by the D.C. Health Benefit Exchange Authority, is the appropriate shop from where uh, members of Congress and designated congressional staff will purchase health insurance in order so to receive government Congress on Obamacare. Yeah. 
is the proposal. Now, this is illegal for him to do anyway. Should have been uh, illegal. Um, uh, this fraud uh, of instructing Congress to masquerade as a small business was the key to the scheme, because if members of Congress and their staff had signed up for Obamacare under the individual exchange, as any other American losing employer coverage would have to do, they would have had to pay their own premiums. To implement the scheme, the House and Senate each filed a false declaration with the D.C. Health Benefit Exchange Authority, claiming to have less than 50 employees. Think about this. Less than 50 employees. Do you think the Senate and, the, and Congress have less than 50 employees? Obviously, we know that's actual, uh, absolutely not true. Wait, is 535 less than 50? No. Okay. It's more than 50. Pat. It's more than 50? Well, because it's 535 representatives. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, including senators and reps. Mm-hmm. Then it's their staff. Yep. So you're talking thousands, thousands of, of employees. Now. Is that less than fifty? No, Pat. That would oh, be more wow. than fifty. Wow. I mean, it's tough. It's wow. a tough. It's a tough. It's, you know, a, a lot of- it's a difficult concept. I'm having a trouble. <laughs> some trouble with it. Um, Donald, I'm not Tr- good at math. No. Well, but I mean, no. I mean, it's tough. Jeffy, do you want to yeah. chime in? Do you, which one do you think is higher? Um, eighteen. Eighteen. <laughs> The 18 one. Yes, that is. That would be the highest. The 18 one. Good. <laughs> Thank That's you, Jeffy. Uh, Donald uh, Trump could undo. You did well. You did really well. Really good. Really Thank good. You. Give yourself a star uh, in your forehead. <laughs> Donald Trump could Thank undo you. what Barack Obama did. That would force Congress's hand. It might also escalate some retirements, too. Uh, which I like. Uh, yeah. Congress would have to act once they were forced into the system. So that, that's a great idea. You, you pull it away from them, pull out their little rug up from under them and all their staffs. They'd all have to go How pay for their insurance instead of getting it for free. How stinking great would that be? And again, it was done illegally. Give these little whores a taste of their own medicine. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. That would be great. And of course, I love and, that. And, 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 so once again, mm-hmm. the, you know what? Probably Ted Cruz doesn't even do that. Probably Rand Paul doesn't do it. I don't know. Maybe they're in. They have. They have a staff. They know those people. Maybe they're too close to them. You know who isn't? Donald Trump. Donald Trump could step in right now. Take this one easy step. Pen and a phone. That's how it was done illegally. Initially, he would be reversing something done illegally. He would be reversing filing fraudulent paperwork uh, with the U.S. government, uh, and all of these people would have to get get a giant pay cut out of nowhere. And in and about then, fifteen wow, minutes, Obamacare would be repealed. Yep. Fifteen minutes later, they'd have that thing done. At least, at least they'd be back in the in the room talking again. Oh, you bet they would. Really fast. You bet they would. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, will he do it? I don't know. No. Why not? You know, this is the type of thing that he promised. This is the type of thing I know that, despite my uh, skepticism of the man, got him elected. Well, here's what I love about Trump: he he takes stands like that and doesn't back down. Like when he says, "We've got to we're going to take a vote tomorrow, no matter what, on health care," and like then that. he backed down. Yeah, well, that's not... But he doesn't do that. He does not he back down. He doesn't back no. down, although he did back down, but he doesn't do that. So we but know he couldn't have, but he did. We know he has, has but, backed down with a then, lot of, on a lot of things, but as far as but, signing but Trump, his name... But what about Trump? Did you forget about that? It's Trump, so... Uh, wow, no, I hadn't... Yeah, put that in your pipe and smoke it. What about Trump? Well, but this is all we need for this is Trump, so yes, that's perfect. That's right. Uh, just like repealing DACA uh-huh. um, or pulling out of the, the Paris uh, Climate Accord... <laughs> All we need is Trump for that. Trump. Just have Trump do it. Because he told us he was going to do that, and he doesn't back down from any of his promises, except the ones he does. Well, the ones he but, does, he backs down from. Yeah. But those well, aren't, he's those. not backing down because that's where he wants to be. Exactly. He's not backing down because he didn't intend to do it in the first place, and he just didn't tell us that. <laughs> that's actually kind of true. <laughs> Although I think like this type of thing, 
Like, I think he actually did want to repeal Obamacare, not because I guess. he cares. I, I don't think he cares that much. Really. No, I don't think he cares what it re- is replaced with. Yeah. Uh, for him, what he wants it replaced with is something that makes him more popular. Yes. It yeah. doesn't matter if it's smaller government or bigger government. It doesn't matter if it costs less or it costs more. That's why he's like, oh, I'll go work with the Democrats then. He doesn't care who he's working with. He just wants it to not be Obama's thing anymore. He wants it to be his. And then he could say how great it is. He doesn't care whether mm-hmm. it cuts taxes or cuts spending. Uh, now, with the tax thing, I'm a little more optimistic on it because I think he, as a businessman, uh, is much more connected to the idea uh, that uh, you know he wants lower tax rates, particularly on corporations. He's promised a 15% rate. We'll see how close he comes in his proposal to that. Promised a 25% maximum rate for individuals. We'll see if he comes anywhere close to that. Uh, so I think he's a little bit more connected to that process and cares about it a little bit more. You know, from a businessman perspective, Donald Trump, for example, running his own company, honestly, Obamacare, eh, well, it, eh we'll make him take that. Eh, what do I have to pay? I have to pay a little fine. It's going to be less than actually paying for the insurance. Mm-hmm. Make them go get it on their own. Make mm-hmm. the government pay for it. A lot of corporations have, have thought about doing that, and they can't always achieve it, but they've tried to do it. Um, and, uh, you know, so I don't know that that doesn't enter into his calculus as much. Uh, taxes, I think, might. I mean, maybe. I don't know. I'm trying to be optimistic we'll here, guys. I mean, this is I going we'll about see. as well as we said it was going to go. Yeah. Let's be honest about it. With the exception of Gorsuch, which, yes. again, isn't done. Which is big. And it's, but it's not done. It's no, it is. And, and look, this was one of the big arguments we had at the time. Um, when he committed to the, 20, the list of 20, we said, <laughs> well, I don't know that he's going to pick off of that list anyway. But if he does, I'm very skeptical that he's going to have the intestinal fortitude to push someone who's really conservative and unpopular through. What he did uh, was not really test that boundary because he picked someone who was conservative and seemingly popular. Like, seemingly, I don't think the Democrats are going to be able to get to a filibuster, so this isn't going to be tested here. It's going to be tested on the next one. However, good for him. If what we get is uh, Gorsuch, if all we get is Gorsuch, it's better than I expected from him. He's ex- While I will say... He's not doing uh, what I would describe as a bang-up job so far. Uh, I will say still exceeding my expectations. <laughs> so he's got, mm-hmm. I mean, he's, got, he's, doing, he's doing well there. Gorsuch by himself will exceed my expectations. However, I mean, you know, he doesn't seem to really know what the hell he's doing. Let's be honest about it. He doesn't seem to know what he's doing. The healthcare thing in and of itself, uh, he does not seem to have a good handle on what the hell he's doing. Huh. How dare you say that? I mean, the, the, the uh, ban you. on, uh, on uh, uh, tr- the travel ban thing. I mean, look, that was a disaster. Yeah, it was. I mean, and, like, he can't even, I mean, he's on, he's on version two of it. I, at this point, you think he should have just been trying to figure out what's going on because we're about 90 days past the original ban. Yeah. yeah. So w- w- you're already there. If you've been figuring out what's going on that whole time, you could just implement that. Yeah. I don't know if he's been figuring it out or not. Well, he's been busy. But the whole point of the ban was to say, <laughs> well, I gotta take a few months to figure out what the hell's going on. Well, you've had the months. It's now April almost. There were reports too with uh, when uh, uh, <clears throat> Angela. Angela? Whatever her name is from Germany, you know, the leader, yeah. Yeah. head of the country. We know. When she mm-hmm. was here, uh, they said that uh, during their meetings, he was scattered and Ivanka was on topic. I mean, look, Ivanka's clearly smarter than Donald Trump is. I mean, she's liberal. And she's much, I, I think she's more liberal than him. But her and Jared Kushner are 10 times as smart as this guy is. Um, and I don't want them making well, policy because they're Democrats. Um, but they obviously have a better handle on these issues than he does. I mean, we made 
pretty clear during the campaign. Yeah, we what we thought of, of, of Trump whining too much? and, and his okay, intelligence. This is uh, Pat telling me to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got it. We all, you all know it. But I mean, I think it's important. No, I was just going to start down that road, oh, and you then were? I, I, I decided. No, I, I think I made that pretty clear. So you all know this, but however, it is important for mm-hmm. us to, regardless of what you think of Trump, um, it is important for us to say how it's going. And, you know, we yeah, said is. that when Gorsuch was nominated. We gave him a lot of praise. Other than Gorsuch, it's not going well. We, we, it well, is we led, not going well. And we led with Donald Trump repealing some bad climate uh, executive orders, and mm-hmm. we praised him for that. Yeah. So we are praising him and criticizing him. What we've seen so far is a guy who's taking a lot of executive orders, mm-hmm. um, many of them positive, but not all positive. Uh, he's done a lot of that, and uh, we've seen no meaningful legislation. We've seen the one time he's tried it, he's failed. We've seen some of his executive orders be overturned. Uh, we've seen, uh, you know, a, a mixed bag. Admittedly, a mixed bag is better than I was hoping for. Plus, so, plus, Trump. Oh, wow. Wait, yeah. what? Wait, yeah. say that again. Trump. Yeah, but Trump. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, okay, yeah, yeah all right. right. Uh, yeah, so right? I mean, he's doing a great job. What we know now? That. <laughs> no, you're right, Jeffrey. I got right? nothing after that. Uh, you got nothing, man. There's nowhere to go now. I got to give you credit. You're backed into uh, a corner. It's a great point. All right, 888 <laughs> back. More patents, too, coming up. Coming up, uh, the Jeffy segment, where Jeffy uh, kind of gives us uh, his view of the world. So we'll try to make this segment go a little bit long, so that that one will be a lot shorter. And by a little uh, bit, and, and kind of by a little bit, you mean a lot. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe by a little whole, bit, you mean a lot. The whole rest of the hour, uh, yeah. and this is a good one because we have Leon Wolf with us uh, from the Blaze, of course, uh, who joins us uh, from Nashville. Uh, Leon, uh, you know, wrote a really interesting column, and I, I will say that you you lead, you lead it with it's an open secret in Washington D.C. that Paul Ryan is doing all these things that I want you to explain, uh, and it may be, I mean, maybe because we're not in, in Washington, I certainly suspected this out of Paul Ryan, but is it really an open secret that he's doing these things? And maybe you can kind of walk us through the case here. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, the the basic gist of it is is that he really is trying to, I guess, break the power of the so-called Freedom Caucus um, so that he essentially doesn't have to strike deals with them anymore. I mean, the current situation that he faces is that he doesn't have a majority without this voting block of Freedom Caucus people, as we saw in the AHCA fight. Without their support, he doesn't have the 215 votes he needs to pass any bill. And it's, it was a source of contention for Boehner, who basically blamed the Freedom Caucus for him stepping aside. He said, I can't do anything. I can't work with these people. So basically, since Paul Ryan has taken the job, he's, he's um, kind of made it a mission of his to, to either break the voting block or to replace those Freedom Caucus members <laughs> with people who are kind of more docile, Chamber of Commerce-friendly Republicans. And we've seen He's actually participated quietly, albeit, but he's participated in Republican primary challenges mm. against established Freedom Caucus members. We saw it last year with uh, Tim Hillscamp out of Kansas, um, was a guy who was an incumbent, which, you know, GOP leadership's position is always, you know, we always help incumbents against primary challengers. It's always easier for an incumbent to win. Um, Paul Ryan not only did not help Tim Hillscamp, but all, you know, behind the scenes kind of helped the Chamber of Commerce folks 
get rid of a guy who was, you know, considered to be a thorn in leadership side. And, and I will tell you, you know, I have good connections with the folks from the Freedom Caucus, um, many of whom have emailed and texted me after that article thanking me for it um, and just saying that, that, quite frankly, GOP leadership has not been honest with them. And they do feel yep. very much that the, the goal of Paul Ryan is to basically paint a target on their backs so that it's diff- more difficult for them to get reelected. This is why this is why we didn't want Paul Ryan in the first place because the guy's not conservative. He's 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 a thorn in the side of conservatives. In fact, and I don't know what happened to Paul Ryan over the years, but he seems to have gone uh, further and further toward the John Boehner esque Republican. Uh, do you have that impression too, or or is that just us? I do, but it, you know, here's what I said in my article. It actually kind of makes a little bit of tactical sense. Like, if your job, if you perceive your job is to pass legislation, which is something I disagree with. I think the less Congress does, the better. But if you perceive your job as passing legislation, you don't want to have to worry about both your left flank and your right flank, right? I mean, nobody wants to have to worry about appeasing two sides. He knows he can't get to 215 without moderates and liberals. That's just a political reality in America. So definitely it makes his life easier to not have a voting block that can basically prevent him from getting a majority. So it, it makes a tactical sense. Um, but it's it's just dishonest, a lot of what he does in terms of mm. blaming the Freedom Caucus for what happened to the bill last week. That, that's mm-hmm. just, quite frankly, not what happened. Yeah, I mean, you really look at this when you see the final, uh, what would have been the vote count, at least as reported by the New York Times and many others. There were 15 Freedom Caucus members that were going to vote no against this bill, it looked like, and 18 non-Freedom Caucus Republicans were going to vote against it. More non-Freedom Caucus Republicans than Freedom Caucus Republicans. Yet Paul Ryan afterwards, as you point out in the story, comes out and says only only talks about the Freedom Caucus and their opposition. And, and you make the case pretty well that that was intentional. Oh, absolutely. And I, and I think here's basically the proof of that. Trump, as you know, the, the bill was pulled on Friday. The stories that all came out Thursday night and Thursday morning was that Trump was demanding a vote. He mm-hmm. says, I want to vote. I want to put these people on record. I want to know who's against the bill. I want them to have to go back and explain to their constituents why they didn't want to vote to repeal Obamacare, which I don't think the bill did that. But, you know, this is basically their their excuse. Um, Ryan goes to have a face-to-face meeting with Trump on Friday and basically begs him to not have to have the vote. So you have to ask yourself, who's he trying to protect? Well, he's not trying to protect the Freedom Caucus because, as you point out, he went out immediately in the press conference. The first question he was asked was, was this the Freedom Caucus's fault? He goes, yeah, you know, without that block of votes, we couldn't get to 215. So basically that's what happened. <laughs> and he just completely, you know, so he, he basically publicized what their votes were. He wasn't protecting them. He was protecting liberals and moderates from having to put themselves on the record. That's, that's 100% who it was. And that's the reason we didn't have the vote in the first place. And it's, it's, it's obvious uh, and it's disappointing to see the extent to which uh, both the media and President Trump have kind of bought into that narrative. And I think it's going to lead Trump into a position that he doesn't want to be in. It's amazing to see the way the media spins it as well. And that, like, I was listening to an interview with Ted Poe, who was a Freedom Caucus member, was a very conservative Republican uh, in, in many ways, at least. Uh, and he dropped out of the Freedom Caucus because they wouldn't vote yes on this bill. So Ted Poe, because he drops out of the Freedom Caucus, goes from complete enemy to complete uh, savior. And at the same time, you, I think it was on CNN was the interview, they were treating him, as, they were treating the bill as if it was this wonderful savior. Can you believe you couldn't get these people in line to vote on something so wonderful when you all, they've been bashing the bill for weeks. 
Uh, it's it's an incredible like uh, bit of mental <laughs> gymnastics that gets people here, and the the truth is that there was tons of moderate opposition, and you, Ryan does not. He goes out of his way not to say because he could easily easily said to that question. Look, you know, yes, the Freedom Caucus. They, there was a bunch of those guys who said no, but many of them also uh, came to yes on on the bill. We also had a lot of moderates and other uh, groups that also uh, were opposed to it. We didn't quite get to two fifteen. Back to the drawing board. I mean, that is a that's that would have been a much better ending to this story rather than a fake deadline. And then vilification of the people that supposedly are holding up your principles uh, to the most pure extent. Right. So the bill itself, of course, was tremendously unpopular. I think the last poll I saw about it said that about 17 percent of Americans wanted it passed. Fifty six percent said they did not want it passed. The rest are, you know, no opinion. But, you know, at the end of the day, a year and a half from now, the story is going to be, why didn't you guys pass a bill? And Ryan wants people to throw under the bus and the Freedom Caucus are going to be. You know, those people. And it's here's the reason that it's being played this way in the media. And this is just, you know, we talk about media bias and, and, and that manifests itself in a lot of different ways. But one of the ways that it manifests itself is that, you know, it, if you look, think about a guy, you know, like myself, I have a lot of contacts on the Republican side of the hill. I have a lot of staffers and people who have been around on the Republican side. And so when I want to know what's happening, I have people that I email and ask, what's the real story here? And I get, a good answer, like an actual answer on the dynamics. The media, on the other hand, just hears Paul Ryan say something, and almost all of the people on the production side, on the TV side, on the talent side, came from the Democrat side of the hill. They have no contacts on the Republican side that they can go to staffers for people in the Freedom Caucus and say, listen, this is what Paul Ryan is saying. Is that true? And get those kind of, you know, on background answers that, that, the, that the media has. So, so when you talk about the Republican side of the caucus... You don't hear about stuff, or rarely do you hear about stuff like, for instance, it was alleged that Paul Ryan literally got down on one knee and begged Don Young of Alaska to vote for the bill. Now, Don Young is one of the most liberal, terrible Republicans in the whole, the farthest thing from a Freedom Caucus member that you could find. And at the end, he said, no, I'm not going to vote for the bill. But you don't hear that kind of stuff because, again, those people are not represented in the media, and so you just don't hear. Whatever Paul Ryan says as the guy becomes the narrative. We have one minute left uh, with Leon Wolf from the Blaze. Leon, wouldn't it have been a better series of events to come out and pa- and come up with the most conservative thing that you can come up with uh, uh, on the uh, uh, with the, the initial bill, and then if it goes through the process and it is unable to get through the hurdles that it would face a conservative option, uh, then you can come back to the Freedom Caucus and say, "Look, we tried to get something really good. We're going to have to give a little bit on this to get over two fifteen. Uh, so work with us." And I think you'd have a much better chance of getting them. Coming out and leading with your most moderate option was a recipe for failure from the beginning, wasn't it? Well, you know, the, this whole thing was a farce. It's just, it's, it's pathetic, the effort that went into this repeal. Just pathetic. There's no other word for it. It took the Democrats nine months of solid arguing. From the time that they, you know, originally Obama right out of the gate, he passed the stimulus. He did, you know, a couple of other things, a spending bill. Uh, you know, and he tried to get a budget through, and then they really started working on health care. From that time until the time the bill passed was nine months mm. of arguing, of consensus building, of working together through the details, of coming to an agreement on what the, the points of the bill should be. Republicans had took like two weeks and mm. then quit. Yeah. And that was it. I mean, it was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it's not an effort that you would have expected from a caucus that really wanted any bill to pass, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Leon Wolf from The Blaze. You can read the story at theblaze.com, as well as uh, all, all the other stuff he's uh, putting, putting up there. Leon, Leon thanks for uh, coming on the program today.
Thanks for having me, guys. All right. Uh, I think we did a good job there because now Jeffy's got like 15 seconds on the other side to do his segment. So yeah. I think we saved the audience. All right. 888-727-BECK is the phone number. Back with Jeffy in just a second. found it felt like sharing with us so we don't have to talk anymore all right welcome to patents too uh breaking news uh as we go into uh this segment former uh, chris christie aide uh bill Barron. all right thank you Jeffy. two uh, years we're out of time what do you mean uh, my segment uh, just started what are all, you talking about it's all the time we have for you today uh but it was really good <laughs> That was, uh, that wow. was nicely done. It's actually my favorite segment of yours. Yeah, that was, that was probably the done. best effort you've ever you've <laughs> ever had <laughs> on the show. Hey, smart. congratulations! Yeah. That was really good. Wow, nice that was job, Jeffy. That was Thank great. You. I thought, it was, I thought it was done. <laughs> no, hey, what are you uh, talking about? Yeah, we... Uh, I mean, what is this, a slave driver place now or something? I mean, I already did my segment. Yeah, we don't want to talk no, anymore. No, you said so like five ahead. words and you ran out of time. <laughs> Whatever, segment's a segment. I mean, technically that's accurate. We thought we'd give you more time because we... I mean, I, I don't want to say we felt bad because we didn't, but I, but you, you actually have a couple of interesting stories you've stumbled well, on. Well, that's what I said. And, and now I want you to true. do mm-hmm. uh, What I started with uh, last time breaking uh, Chris Christie's aide, uh, Bill Baroni... Two years in prison in the wow. Bridgegate plot. Wow. Wow. Two years in prison for the Bridgegate plot. But don't forget, Chris Christie had nothing to do with it. Didn't yeah, I mean, know he did anything about clearly, it at all. But, I mean, uh, clear, oh, clearly. It <laughs> clearly he anything did, to do with it at all. Mm-hmm. didn't know a thing about it. Um, I want you to listen to this. Now, we've been in New York. We've worked in New York. And even here, there are some buildings that have tall escalators. Not this one uh, no. that we ride. Mm-hmm. But here's a, a, a guy posted uh, on my Twitter account a, a work permit from a building. And uh, I want replacement of the three long entrance escalators and one shorter escalator between the landing and bus bay to increase reliability and availability of parts. Uh, customers will continue to have access to the staircase, uh, remaining escalators, and the station street elevators during construction. Uh, project duration? A two and a half years. Two and a half years for three escalators? It took a year and 45 days to build the Empire State Building. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with America? Is that true? Th- three? So three escalators, or it was three and a half, or three small. Long, yeah, three long, three one long, small. one short. Yeah. Uh, two and a half years of walking for Jeffy. This is the type of story As that Jeffy likes. Unbelievably mm-hmm. out of control. When we were in New York, they would have there would be days when the escalators would be closed, and you have to. Uh, it's oh, a, com- in the train station. Completely unacceptable. <laughs> and keep in mind, the uh, um, Empire State Building was built in 31, 1930, 31. Yeah. Uh, I mean. That's incredible. <laughs> it's, when you think about it. it's inconceivable. It, it is inconceivable. It's in, that inconceivable. That can now they say. 
And I, I don't know that I believe this, but it's been reported we're, we're multiple times. Steaming. Yeah, that yeah. the, the, the steel from Pittsburgh was still warm by the time the construction workers were putting them in place in the in the building because they were it, it, they were rushing it. So that's how fast, so fast. Yeah, that's how fast they got it to New York and got it up on the on the, on the uh, building. And so, I mean, if that's true, because they would say they'd sit on the steel and it would be warm from having been still not still not completely. Right, Solid. which you know, yeah. I mean, it kind of. I mean, it's possible. It's yeah. a cool little anecdote. I don't know if it's true. It is a cool, cool little anecdote. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is. You know. You know. But you know, you think like that's not possible. You can't do those things. Well, they do it in Dubai. I mean, yeah. you know, like yeah, it can yeah. happen. It's just like you have to get the government <clears throat> out of the way. And unions I will say, out like, of the way. yeah, unions I out of the way. Hate government. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless the government is actually in charge, then I like government. You know, like China. You like Dubai? Yeah, the things get done over there. If they do, I will things say things get done go- over there. Still, when I say government get out of the way, it's not the right thing in Dubai. <laughs> what they do is they just the government gets behind them and they yes. say do this or die. So uh, it winds up getting done. And particularly in China, that's a nice little approach that they use. And they build giant ghost cities where no one lives. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so it's weird. I, Maybe you know, not ideal. Speed is not. Look, I would sacrifice some speed. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, building our buildings um, for uh, the, you know the, the workers being treated well, uh, I think that's important. Mm-hmm. However, it, it doesn't. It's not even that anymore. I mean, not really. We see this. It's it's impossible to deal with the government when when they have to do something. Mm-hmm. I mean, having to deal with them to uh, to you know, I told you the story about me just trying to freaking you know go across town on the on, on public transport. That was a disaster. Um, you know, I've told the story many times of the Easy Pass thing. In New Jersey, which told me took me multiple years, multiple years to get them to stop taking money out of my account after I moved. I couldn't, I couldn't get it done. I would call them; they would agree to it. They wouldn't do it. They would tell me, "Well, all you have to do is fax uh, a, a, le- a formal letter uh, requesting that they stop uh, taking the, the money out of your account every month." I I would do that. Now, why would I be a fax? Uh, what, what year is it? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, is it 20, 2015 and I'm faxing somebody about uh, I'm faxing a letter. I find it fascinating at the uh, at the uh, DMV or uh, the license plate place, not necessarily the DMV, but where you go to uh, renew your driver's license. If you write them a check, it's whatever they, the charge is. But if you use your card, it's an extra five or six bucks. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, well, what are we doing? Oh, it's, it's just so irritating. Mm-hmm. And look, Texas is better than any other place I've ever lived uh, with these uh, with these uh, interactions. But there, it's still it's still, still government. It's yeah, still, still freaking government. government. Very sad news too. Uh, those of you that uh, like uh, <clears throat> breaded chicken, uh, frozen. Uh, Walmart's a great value brand. They recalled nine hundred and thirty three thousand two hundred and seventy two pounds of the product. Uh, wow. Because people were uh, coming up with little pieces of metal in their chicken nuggets. <laughs> now, really? Jeffy, if you get a piece of metal in your chicken nuggets, oh, you're powering through, right? Stop. Stop. <laughs> a little piece of metal from a conveyor belt at the processing plant? That doesn't hurt anybody, right? That doesn't hurt anybody. It's like, it gives a little crunch. Mm-hmm. Move on. Well, we'll get mm-hmm. a little crunch. It plus, might... it gives you a little crunch. Plus, it helps mm-hmm. clean out the innards a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, good to go. I'd I mean, be more concerned with delicious. the end of the process uh, than the beginning of it. No, that helps you right along. In the in the, in the end, the outcome it's a little is fiber much better. For you, yeah, clean mm-hmm. it out a little it's bit fiber. better. Clean yeah, the sides out a little system. bit. Not yeah. a problem. 
Yeah. yeah no so problem. you're powering through and, a nugget for, for metal. We know that. What else would you go through? <laughs> if, if you had, you know, because we've talked about this before, we like Bluebell ice cream quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bluebell had an issue. Oh, a minor. I did. Minor issue. Twice. Uh, twice with Listeria. Um, and that, you know, killed a couple people. Uh, it was actually really, really <laughs> yeah, sad. Yeah, not so minor, actually. It, uh, it was, was actually it was pretty, pretty bad. Um, however, uh, we all said that if we had Bluebell ice cream in our refrigerator or freezer from that era, we would still eat and, it. And, uh, I mean, we did, right? In this refrigerator, we did. we did. And we did. Yeah. And we did. Yeah. And we did. Um, <laughs> now, so would you eat, you know, if you knew it had Listeria in it, would you still yeah, probably, indulge? I don't know. I don't know. That, that's a tough call. If there wasn't any other ice cream in the freezer, I mean, <laughs> so you, if what it was, are you going to do? Well, you could not eat ice cream. No, seriously. What are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> it's all it's all real, guys. It's all real. All right, what else? And one one last thing, a little girl, a uh, cute little thing. We talk about uh, how uh, we aren't ready for robots and uh, AI, and everything's uh, going to be a wonderful thing. And what are we going to do? But they posted this little video, and whether it's real or not, I don't know. But you know, it's kind of. Are you a skeptic of this video? It's, it's a cute little video of a girl uh, thinking that uh, someone who has thrown away their hot water heater is a robot, and it's gone viral. And I, I don't know how many hits it's got now, but it's a cute little thing. And let's take uh, a the look. Warm, the warm let's warm take warm. a look, shall we? Oh. Buy it? No, I don't know. It looks kids, kid needs to be checked. And there's no the, question the about that. Need to have Holy checked. cow! There's something wrong. I mean, there's something you, wrong with that. Part kid. of that video should have been, "Hey, yeah. shut up, stupid! Get over here!" Yeah. Hey, Rena, uh, we're going to the hospital. We need to get <laughs> like right okay. now. Get in the car. Get in the car. We're going to the hospital. <laughs> Surprisingly, we were ruining. That's clearly this cute moment. not a robot, Rena. <laughs> oh my okay? god! Clearly not a robot. It's a water heater. Another thing too. Get out of the road, <laughs> dummy. This is a nice way of treating this story. Uh, I will say, I have not heard another show who has played this video to handle it quite the same way. Uh, What? There's been some minor uh, adjustments to that. Yeah. I mean, out of the the million views that it has on YouTube, I'm sure... It's got a million views? It's not that good. I know. know. It's barely even cute. The, The daughter, or the... The parents obviously said, go look at that robot. I think yeah, so, that's too. that's the part you don't know. That's, that's what yeah, I think. The water heater know. looks too much yeah. made up it's, like a robot, It's actually. faked. It's yeah. made up, and that's why I don't really like it. Okay. All right. Get that kid checked. 888-727-BECK. 888-727-BECK. I want to see this uh, skyscraper from uh, an asteroid. Oh, this, this weird is a story. weird story. I, can't be real. Was it, was it Glenn that was yeah. telling us this? Glenn was telling us this. Yes. On radio the other day, he was telling us about some sci-fi plan to hang a wandering skyscraper from an asteroid that orbits the Earth. What? What? And so here's the rendering of that. It would what? be... I mean, what would you? No, what, that, stop what would it. that be? What, oh, why would you do on. that? Come this on. is a scam. It is. This is a complete scam. Yeah, Stop that's, it. I mean, that's just stupid. Why would you hang a skyscraper from an asteroid? So it could just float around the Earth and you could be happy little floaters around the planet. Stop. I, that's I, bizarre. I, I don't even understand the concept. Why would you do it? Uh, radical skyscraper design from a New York City firm will be built from the sky down instead of ground up. 
Analemma Tower is to be suspended from an orbiting asteroid 31,000 miles above the Earth. The tower will move in a figure eight pattern between, this is what he was saying, between the northern and southern hemispheres every day. Uh Solar panels will generate power and water will be collected from the cloud condensation and rainwater. The building will be broken up into sections such as business, worship, dining, shopping, and entertainment. It would be an actual functioning building. So you would live, you would just live there. What are you, you just talking there, but I wonder, about? Does it catch? Does the uh, does does the building hang, and then all the space trash that's flying around? Yeah, that's and what hit about it? the sewage? The space sewage from all those people who live in that building well, it goes up, obviously. And that, that just falls down on New York City when they're done when they dump it. I doubt what they're just letting them take that? leaks out windows. I mean, I don't think that's the plan. Well, no, but you're going to the bathroom got, in that what building. What are you going to do with it? Eventually, you're going to need to jettison it. Right. I would think that there would be. I mean, <laughs> they're hanging a building from an asteroid. You don't think? You figured out the plumbing? <laughs> no, no, I really, I really <laughs> don't. Take some time. Now, I, here's my belief here. Why, why would you do this? It's so look at that. That's stupid. Just that is my a belief dumb here is this idea. isn't even a real thing. It's it's one of those stories that somebody, some media manipulator, uh, went out and I tried to like yeah. push it out and see if people would pick it up yes. or not. And um, they did. Uh, and they and, did. And I, did. I don't believe it though, personally. I mean, I, that does not seem. I mean, it's it's. It would create so many issues. I mean, it could be a futurist saying, like, wouldn't this be a cool possibility? But it's not something that's actually going to happen. You know, I mean, and what I, would happen if part of that building ever fell? Yeah. On some on some section of another city. I'm or guessing whatever. it probably wouldn't be. I mean, are good. you kidding or, me? Or if the yeah, God forbid the freaking cables broke and, yeah. and the, thing, the whole thing just crashed to the right. earth, you'd have like a million people dead. Yeah. Worst case scenario, the toilet backs up. Thank you. There's another Because there's no way they thought of that. They're just like, I don't know. Just open up the window. Let the pee out. I don't know. I don't, we didn't even think of this. Holy crap. Exactly. Exactly. It's like when you're in an RV. You got to dump that sometime. Yeah. that was. Right? Like, didn't that happen with Dave Matthews, the Dave Matthews band one time? They were yeah. just like, I don't know. When we're going over yeah, this bridge, just open it up. And then there was a boat coming underneath. And they got sued. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Oopsies. Uh, but hey, you had a celebrity experience. Congratulations. You're right. You're right, Stu. This is a dumb. <laughs> yeah, this isn't real. This can't. In happen. No way is this real. This yeah, can't no happen. Way. And and they're hanging. They're suspended from space. It'd be like 40 below zero up there. Uh, it'd be in an elevation of 32,000 meters. Um, yeah, and they're not in. I mean, no, where you're living is. There'd be space, some benefit but. of having 45 extra minutes of daylight. Shut up. Stop it. Uh, you're hanging upside down the whole time. The blood's rushing to your head. Right, no, no, though, no, everybody, no, that no, many no, people you know I mean? cannot no. be upside down forever. Thank no. you, Ben Gray. Thank you. You wouldn't be upside down. That would yeah, you're hanging from an you're asteroid. No, hanging you upside down. Down here, and the, build, the, the asteroid would be up there. I don't know. How, how would you even build that? That is no, it's ridiculous. And like, I mean... It's a stupid story. I mean, it, it is. Uh, they, and they, they don't think they're... I mean, they're not really going to be like that. Now, the Doomsday Library is real. The Doomsday Library yeah. is actually happening. Uh, it's in Norway, and they are going to make the... Uh, 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 I think a, they've already built that, right? I know they don't did they it with the seeds. Remember they did the seeds thing? Yeah. This is yeah. actually books, though. They're going to mm-hmm. pick the most important books. So in case Doomsday happens, we can rebuild society with the important books. I mean, just go on Amazon. Just order it. Thank you. Um, <laughs> right? I mean, jeez. That's like... I didn't even think of that. Just go on Amazon. But here is some footage uh, from the uh, from the actual, I guess, the actual library. And they just build these things. They're a little short on books right now. Yeah, there's not. There doesn't seem to be that many. Uh, this is a seed vault right here. Oh, this is the seed vault. This is yeah. different than the. <clears throat> they, they have a lot of a lot of seeds. 
Is it going to be? Is the is the library going to be in the sea? Part of the sea. Oh, okay. Okay. Hmm. All right. So uh, uh, it's cold. By the way. Yeah, it's cold in Norway. But the it's seed supposed to be cold because the seeds are kind of, you know, kept cold. The seed is the seed vault's interesting in that, like, you think of your life as, or society in general, as not going backwards. You know, we, we right. spend a lot of time talking about, you know, survival things, it's mainly mm-hmm. as it relates to something shorter term, you know, like a, uh, a uh, you know, environmental disaster, a terrorist attack, uh, something like that. Um, but you realize that obviously some of the most powerful people in the world take the absolute collapse of humanity seriously, mm-hmm. like the absolute co- collapse of all well, that's what human the civilization is for, and that's what it's for. I mean, and it's not like something that Alex Jones made up; mm-hmm. it actually exists. Now, mm-hmm. I think they're doing it out of an abundance of caution. Uh, you know, you know, but if they and a lot of times they think the the disaster could be something Al Gore is predicting and not something that right. you'd hear about on this show as, as much. But still, it's an interesting thing in that like they're like, you know what? Let's have seeds to be able to plant things just in case all of humanity gets wiped out and we can't use any of uh, any of the land. We have to figure out a way mm-hmm. to keep uh, to reboot humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a it's a scary thought and it's something that people have put. I mean, that's a lot of money that went into that. Oh yeah. Oh, they built that huge facility in the side of a mountain in Norway where it's frozen, tundra. I mean, that, yeah, that had to take some time and effort and money. Uh, so, yeah, they're serious about it. 888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK. It is JIF week. Yay! Uh, here on the program. Yay! Coming up in just a couple of moments, we will have another uh, taste test on spoons of some uh, random GIF Yesterday product. was good, though. Oh. You know, GIF used to be my only peanut butter. That's all I would do. Are you, have you gone against that now? Uh, yeah, my wife always now buys the new improved Skippy honey-flavored oh peanut gosh. butter. The honey in that's, that's communist. Delicious. Now. It's creamy. It's sweet. It's... Savory, you all at the same out, time. It's sold delicious. Out communism. It's delicious. I, Try I, it. I Try believe. It. I was not a believer in Skippy product until they improved it. I, w- I will believe. However, we're, we might bring, be able to bring your worlds together here because I think it's tomorrow's show. We have the Jif honey peanut butter. Okay. That we're gonna try. So we'll, right. we'll, we'll give you that tomorrow. I think uh, today's. Do we, what's today's? Uh, today's Jif cookies, uh, and ooh, cookies and cream. Hazelnut spread. Oh. I'm in. With mini pretzels, Nilla wafers, and nanners, man. Give me some nanners. Give me some nanners. nanners. Um, The the Nilla wafers, a huge improvement from yesterday. The vanilla Um, wafers. I've heard there might be ice cream as well. Yesterday's uh, would actually be good. Wow, I'm very, I'm very impressed. Yeah, because uh, we okay. had Marissa is our uh, normal producer of this program, and Marissa um, is, uh, she's the one. If you take kind of like, there's me, there's Pat, there's Jeffy, there's Marissa. There's one member who's not a fat slob, um, and it's Marissa. And unfortunately, she's the one uh, that buys the food. Uh, that's a problem. <laughs> this is a serious issue. Uh, because you know you want like you, how many restaurants are named like Fat Boys? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's what you want. You want to go into a restaurant where everyone in there is like, oh, I weigh eighteen thousand pounds because this food's so good. 
that's the problem with Marissa is that she's just you know she hasn't embraced our lifestyles, um, so she doesn't understand. The so she brought problem, in Ritz crackers with right. hazelnut spread. Which is not what she, she does. She does not have any kind of fat guy thinking. No, she does involved. not have fat. And the, guy the worst part of it is, is that because we have fat guy thinking, we're too lazy to actually do it ourselves. So maybe someday she'll just turn into fat guy thinking. Right. Just let her do it. I think the. I mean, look. There's two options here. Obviously, the one we're not going to do, which is invest five minutes in telling her what we would like. Um, and then the other one, which is a long, multi-decade process to get her as fat as possible. Um, if we can get her to like, you know, four or five bills, uh, get her on the 600-pound life, then she'll know what to buy. Mm-hmm. Right. Us, you know, that's the type of thing mm-hmm. that we're working on. Just so you know that we're always working for you guys. We always want to make, uh, you know, this experience here on the show a little bit better. We give. And, and, we, and we give. Uh, you know, and we give. We do. And we give. And what do you, what do you give to us? I mean, I, I Nothing. Nothing. I mean, basically, just hang us out to dry. But we keep doing it because we we believe science uh, is important. That's and, what we do. We're and, givers and uh, and stuff like that. It's what they do. You know, it's like Geico. That's what they do. They save people f- up to fifteen percent on car insurance. Right. Fifteen. I mean, so they has, has, I actually called Geico once. It yeah. was forty percent more than I was. No, paying. yeah, <laughs> it was a lot more than I was paying too. Uh, I've I, been I a giver for most of my life. So and they said I mean, to me, "Well, not everybody gets the fifteen percent off." Well. Well, but, then why do you keep saying that? What I, well, I mean, what I find most... one did two years ago. <laughs> what I find, and I, I, you know, nothing against Geico, and they're fine. No. Um, but I mean, my, yeah, my, 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 I've always been fascinated by that claim, because have they never saved anyone 16%? No. Like, the right. maximum right. amount you can possibly save with our company is 15%. Now, I don't know That's why you would... That's a great claim. Like, look... But it's, it's a good claim. It's right? worked it's like a, crazy yeah, for them. I'll take fifteen sure percent off my car insurance. Yeah. But you, you, have you never saved anyone twenty? Like you never get twenty five percent off of someone's car insurance? I'd well, be that's like, actually more than what I'm paying. I know, but the coverage is so much better. Let's take a look at that. Like uh, they don't like, say that either. Like I feel like they they would the way their their claim is 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 constructed is that if you call up and you say I'm paying a thousand dollars in car car insurance, uh, and then they look up at their computer like. Okay. Ooh, five hundred dollars would be a fifty percent savings. Uh, your, 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 it would be eight hundred and fifty dollars for right, your car We've saved you fifty, the full fifteen percent. Right. Like they're just taking that. They're just like, you know what? No one expects more than fifteen percent. We've told them that is the maximum we can save them. So if if the I price comes out, if that. it's thirty percent less for them, yeah. just give them the fifteen percent. We'll pocket the rest. That's what I would do if I were Geico. Uh, that's why I don't own a giant insurance company, probably. But uh, that is something to think about. Uh, you should say, hey, wait a minute, was it 35%? So, Geico, if you'd want to be a successful insurance company, you should listen to that advice. <laughs> I think it's a good idea. Because you've never promised more. Mm-hmm. You said, look, we're gonna, it could that's be as much idea. as the highest amount possible, up to... 15%. Look, we'll knock five bucks off the co- of what you pay now. I mean, no matter what it it's is. five bucks more than you had before. That, that would be my claim. That would be my claim. We'll give you five bucks off the price. Look, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to charge you 20% more, but we might save you 5% off of that. <laughs> That's what I would say. So you'll only pay like yeah, 15%, know, 15% more. more. Um, so, anyway. so, again, we don't own an insurance company for a reason. Yes. Um, this uh, video, I'm, I, by the way, um, one thing I would buy insurance from snakes now people might say wait a minute there's a very small chance that you're going to get eaten by a snake in your life i believe the chance is very high approximately 100 percent is that i will die by snake um i'm very indiana jones without the ability to be a, a professor or to have action stunts other than that i'm basically well in the looks and the mm-hmm. acting ability uh and you know the ability to uh hook up with random uh women um mm-hmm. one of which was 
blonde, right? The second one was blonde, and the first one was... Yeah, one of them was really uh, quite attractive. Yes. The other two, not so much. Yeah, and uh, was there one in the not third so movie? The third one, wasn't it? I, it was just like basically his dad. One, he just hooked up with his dad in that one. Yeah, if I, I remember, so. if I remember that yeah. plot right. Uh, Indiana Jones and The Last <laughs> Crusade. Was, was that Connery, the third so. one? Yeah, it was the Because that's the one where he's got a very attractive one. Um, the other one... Well, is uh, what's her face who went nuts, right? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. And the other one was Sean Connery. So you know who would want to be a part of that? Yeah, well, probably oh. a lot of people. Um, but uh, here is the. Uh, there's a video that came out of uh, a, a giant cobra um, who just jumps out of a hole out of nowhere. And this is what snakes do. They're awful. They're awful creatures. I've long advocated to the murder of all snakes. Mm. Uh, but watch this happen in front of your eyes. Oh my gosh, that would freak you out. They're not even that freaked out. No, he, look at he, he got, got it. He, I would never touch that thing. What is he doing with it? Are you kidding me? They see that all the time. It's a cobra. Are they not venomous? Yeah. Is he trying to feed it? What's he doing? No, he's trying to grab it. He's trying. I guess the, he, mm-hmm. hey, this is a guy who knows the snakes right here. Yeah. Wow. Is it just? Everybody in India knows how to handle snakes. I guess snakes. so, yeah. <laughs> Is that just something that's inherent in the... Wow. I don't know. This guy seems like he's a professional snake guy. That Can we see that from the beginning again? Was that faked? Did they this plant a... the snake there so they could get away with this video? The Possibly. Daily Mail says it was a brave builder. Let's see. I tend to think okay, he knows there's a snake stuff in there. away. Oh, peekaboo. <laughs> Yeah, there, there's not enough uh, surprise there to be believable. Although it looks, I mean, it looks real yeah. at, at first, but this is amazing. So my alternate version of the story, and I have no idea what's actually true, but my uh, my alternate version of the story is this guy, they knew there was a snake somewhere under yeah. the building, and, and they, they got said, this guy to do it. this is a snake expert, that's his job, that animal this control. construction worker just right. happens to be a cobra tamer. Because he also whatever. gets a hold of the snake really fast. <laughs> yeah, he does. Come on, that that I don't know that had to be set up. I don't know enough about Indian culture. Maybe the odds that he knows how to handle snakes is maybe it's one hundred percent. Jeffy, look up and see if does a cobra have uh, poisonous venom. I think so, right? I mean, if you get I bitten, say, that can't be good. But right? if you know how to handle a snake, it's like a lion tamer, right? Like if you're yes. from animal control, you're picking mm-hmm. up snakes all the time that might kill children, and that's your gig. Yeah, uh, you know, well, then you might, know how to handle you it. But if you're just a construction worker, right. that's you don't know I'm, how to do that. That's why I'm a skeptic. Oh, it's inherent in all Indian people. <laughs> Cobras <laughs> are venomous. Yeah, I gotta believe that. I thought so. So, so that's pretty dangerous. But if you know how to use them, don't try that yeah. at home, kids. If I mean, you come in no. contact with the cobra. Don't pick it up and, yeah. and twirl it around. So are wives, it. but what happens when you get tired of them and you get another one? That's oh not... My. Okay, so uh, one oh thing my. that you can try at home oh uh, is products from Jif. They're available at many grocery oh stores. My. We Why will try saying? a new one coming up. Oh you know, my. What he's saying, saying, Jeffy, is uh, oh your, your attitude. Ina- on, that was inappropriate. On the, on the wife About thing. wives? That was just inappropriate. Yeah, uh, you know, this is why people you know, hate you. On behalf um, of my wife and yours oh, and yes, all wives, I don't like the way you do things. I'm offended on behalf of people hate him. People hate Jeff.
Welcome to it. It's Spoons. Uh, we like uh, we like this segment um, because we like to bring science to you. Uh, here's Jeffy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeffy's got the. Do you have the uh, bowl of stuff? There's a bowl there, of Jeffy? fixins right there. Bowl oh, yeah. of fixins. Look at that. It's melting now. There's I've ice cream. Lost some ice cream. In There's life. bananas there, and also my very highly mm. requested Nilla wafers. I know that was a good call. Our okay. product today: Jif cookies and cream hazelnut spread. Look, look at that. this. Look at this right here. Look at this. Oh, and look at, wow. I mean, we're talking. This wow. is. This Put that awesome. on a nanner, man. Yeah. Put yeah. that right on my nanners. And, uh, uh, that sounds a little dirty. That, man. I almost say that sounds a little dirty. <laughs> <laughs> what, putting something on nanners? Yeah. Put that on my nanners. <laughs> when you say it like that, it sounds so much worse than it really is. I like the taste of <laughs> it. Um, it does, doesn't it? And there's really nothing wrong with no. putting it on my nanners. No. In fact, there's... No, there's not. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put a banana... In fact, it, everything tastes better putting it on your nanners, I'll tell you that. See, again, that sounds a little dirty. I don't... <laughs> I don't know if you mean it that way, Jeffy. Probably not, because you're just such a family guy. Such a clean man. Um, so I've got some. Uh, I got a little sandwich oh. I made here. Oh. On the nanners, cream. that is really good. Wow, that's good. I like that a lot. Oh my god! Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Mm. Now I really like Nilla wafers and bananas. So. Mm-hmm. Me too. I'm trying to. I'm gonna go with a very. A specific I'm a huge taste. fan of cookies and cream. Do you like bananas, or are they too bougie for you? Uh, Jeffy. Jeffy. Well, I like bananas. They're not right. bougie. Bananas aren't bougie unless you got them in some kind of sauce. <laughs> like bananas foster. How would you do with that? You wouldn't like bananas I, foster? It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. So the same hazelnut spread as the other Jif. Mm. All right. The one we did yesterday with oh, cheesecake in it. Oh, bananas are good. Uh-huh. Uh, kind of a cream. Oh, my God. And, but little, a key element, little pieces of cookie throughout. Yeah. A huge mm. step. Big bonus. For Jif. I, mm-hmm. Great. Mm-hmm. Oh Eating God. it solo. The nanners and the uh, Jif spread, the it's cookies and cream, they're delicious. Now, how is it on ice cream? Well, this I'm has got to be, you. you know, I'm going to top out, I think, today, because this is fantastic. Mm. You're going to what? I'm going to top out in my rating. Oh, my God. I don't think we've ever had a, a mm. full 18. I don't think we have. Um, but I will say. I'm going to say that the nanners and, and Jif, man. Oh, man. Nanners and peanut butter. The bananas and ice cream along with the Jif. Mm. Oh That's an 18 God. for me. Wow! That's an 18. An 18? This is the first ever 18. That's an 18. Really Did you good. have some solo? It's a freaking 18. Did you have some just solo? Because remember, we're, yeah. we're, not, we're not rating bananas. That's right, God that's made those. They're pretty good. That's true. Can we try? Um, um, I, I'm trying to do it without, you know, without germing up the... Mm-hmm. I will tell you, like, if you're at home and you're like, I gotta have some some sweet ice cream treat. The pretzels are good. You do too, this though. right here. Look, 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 what, right, we got four things on the spoon. We got Nilla mm. wafers. We've got cookies and cream. We got banana. We got ice cream. I mean, but see, you would never eat that just by itself. So you would always have some accompanying mm-hmm. food product, yep. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that would be the so plan. I'm sticking with 18. It's you would eat it by yourself. It mm. is delicious on its own. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna stick with 18 because that's as yummy, man. Silly, get me another say nanner sandwich. Say if you were in a hurry and the wife and mm-hmm. kids were gone mm-hmm. and there were, the ice cream is already gone. Mm-hmm. And hasn't, they were, and you just have a jar of this? Needed some, you needed some kind of fix and all that was left was the Jif cookies and cream jar. I could see now. Nah. Good eat it alone. Jeffy, you'd walk into the pantry with everyone home and eat the entire cookies and cream jar. We all know it. Why do you say these things? Um, I got to say, I really like it as well. I'm not going to go to an 18. What? But mm. I will give uh, I will give this a 16, oh. which is a pretty damn good rating. In fact, it's the second highest I've ever given on anything. Um, very mm-hmm. good. I like it. It's in. I'm in a big Nutella uh, kick anyway, and this is a great way to do it. Mm-hmm. I'd highly recommend it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that's mine. So 18 for Pat, 16 for Sue, and Jeffy has a... Oh, my gosh. What was your score? So good. How about that? No, I mean, you gave it an 18, which is tremendous. Mm-hmm. Right, what do you give it? Stu gave it a 16, which is kind of yeah, low. Yeah, we know what we gave it. What are you giving it? Kind of low. I mean, really, it should be. So 17 for you in the middle? Well, I do mean, I don't know. All right, for my money, we just had our, our greatest Spoons episode of all time. I gotta say, my last was an 18 for me. It's 16 for you. Mm-hmm. Are you going 17, 18? What are you doing? Yep. All right. <laughs> okay, why my, do I bother? My last few bites why? were all ice cream, by the way. I, don't, I wasn't even eating the Nutella anymore. Yeah, uh, I know, Jeff, but that's okay. This is so good. Uh, all right, we've got a great episode. Uh, Glenn talking to Charles Spurgeon in the vault, and uh, it went a little something like this. You know, the whole point of the vault is to explore, to find things that we didn't know from the past that will help us chart a course through the future. Um, right now, people are split, they're angry, they're um, not talking to each other. Where is the person that can bring us together? Where is the person that can say the things that are true but might make people so angry they burn those words in the streets. I'm going to introduce you to somebody that, honestly, I've never even heard of. And I feel pretty foolish because he was more um, popular in, in some ways than Abraham Lincoln in his day. And he lived in Lincoln's day. More popular than Queen Victoria in her day. I, I've never heard of him. How is that possible? one of the most powerful abolitionists, one of the most powerful preachers, a guy who history has almost erased. And here's the real amazing point. He was under 20 when he did a lot of it. I think millennials are vastly underrated. We treat people until they're 26 like they're kids. They're not. At least they never were in the past. You want to see the future? Today in the vault, we take you to the past and introduce you to an amazing man. They have, since early this morning, um, been... uh, bringing things into the vault. They had a truck early this morning. Christian, uh, bringing the last piece in. Uh, This is um, Dr. Christian George. um, And he's the guy who found these lost papers that we'll tell you about. But I feel horrible, Christian, that I don't know who this guy is. A lot of people don't know who Charles Spurgeon is. And I think the answer to that is uh, the media hated Spurgeon. Politicians hated Spurgeon. And so here you have a man who did so much and we don't teach him in our schools. Here you have a man, Glenn, who published more words in the English language than any preacher in history. I think there's a story that we need to tell. Okay, so he played a role, because he's English, right? 
When, when did he become prominent? So Spurgeon was born in 1834, and he died in 1892. Okay. Uh, and he was big in England, Europe, America, where? Well, he grew up in great poverty and obscurity. He was one of 17 children, half of whom survived. Uh, before he was in his early 20s, he had become the most popular preacher in the world. Uh, it's just a remarkable story. So is he on the level of uh, George Whitfield? Bigger than George Whitfield? You know, his, the first biography was written when he was 20. You know, I think, what was I doing at 20 to deserve a biography? His biography was at 20. And it was called The Modern Whitfield. And wow. so in many ways, people thought this was some kind of, um, some kind of uh, reincarnation of George Whitfield. He had a booming voice. His, his voice traveled a mile outside just like Whitfield. Just like did. Whitfield. Yeah. He was speaking to audiences of 20,000 plus with no amplification and people were hearing him. Just his lungs. Yeah. Okay, so where do we start? With the box? Yeah, absolutely. And we have some artifacts. Uh, I'm the curator of the Spurgeon Library at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. And so I curate Spurgeon's personal library. Uh, he was worth somewhere around $100 million in his day. And yet, he died poor. He died with only 2,000 pounds in his bank account. And so his wife had to sell the estate. She had to sell the library, which, which we acquired. And the reason he died poor is because he just loved the wounded of his world. Uh, he gave all of his money, not just the interest of his money, but the principle of his money to fighting injustice, to opposing evil wherever he found it. And so some of these artifacts that we have is at the Spurgeon Library, they're, they're like windows into the past, Mm -hmm. They show us these different facets of Charles Spurgeon. This is the writing desk that he took to France with him every year. If you've ever been to London in January, you know that uh, uh, it's quite cold and he could not wait to escape. And so when he did, he still had to do his ministry. And he would take this and he wrote about 500 letters a week. He wrote them to kings, to queens, anybody who was anybody wanted to either write Spurgeon a letter or to hear him preach. Uh, and so this is Charles Spurgeon's pen. The cramps he must have had. Um, and he, so he wrote his, not only his letters, but also his, um, his sermons and because he was one of the biggest abolitionists. He was. You know, we often think of Rosa Parks on December the 1st, 1955. She kept her seat on the Montgomery bus. Uh, and, and she was arrested for breaking Chapter 6, Section 11 of this Alabama segregation law. But if you were standing not far from where she was imprisoned, 95 years earlier, there you would have seen a bonfire. And into that bonfire, if you were standing close enough, you would have seen the sermons written many from that very pen. Which I love. If you look at the very tip of it, have you noticed this? He was chewing it, wasn't he? He was chewing it. He was <laughs> thinking about things. That's right. Well, these are just some different uh, artifacts that remind us, you know, as great as Spurgeon was, you know, his sermons went all the way around the world. Uh, he was still just a man. Mm -hmm. This is his hairbrush. We have searched for follicles to clone yeah, Spurgeon. Clone we couldn't him. find any. This is his, his stamp that he wrote his letters with. This is his watch. This always reminds me of how Spurgeon kept his time. Uh, Spurgeon's life expectancy, guess how long it was when he was born, 1834? Uh, probably about 35 That's years. That's right, about 40 years. 
and uh, many people in that day couldn't hope for more than a few decades of life. Uh, Spurgeon believed life was fleeting. We have to really make the most of our time. And he never preached more than about 45 minutes. It's French, so it doesn't work. <laughs> so this notebook. is a I little love notebook. This. A little yes. teeny. What does he say here? Have you read this? That's the first to... sermon he preached at the Metropolitan Tabernacle in 1861, which is right as the U.S. Civil War uh, was getting underway. What is the point of it? Do you know? Yes. Yeah, so that's the first words, the opening words uh, of his of his sermon, dedicating his ministry, his time, his energy uh, to helping people. Uh, find the Lord. So he was, uh, I mean, uh, was he an, uh, an activist or was he uh, a mega preacher? I mean, you know, he's worth a hundred million dollars. Yes. Uh, I mean, what, what, what was, who would you compare him to today? Oh, that's was a, he more I get Mother that qu- Teresa or more? You would have to make a Frankenstein monster. You'd have to pull in the love that Mother Teresa have has with maybe some of the influence of a Billy Graham, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a, a Rick Warren, maybe the passion of a John Piper. And you'd have, of course, it would still be a monster, but no one in Spurgeon's day had, say, the photographic memory that he had. Glenn, he never forgot anything. He said once he could hold eight thoughts in his mind in a single moment and choose one from a shelf. Mm. I can barely hold one thought I know. in my mind. I've lost track of what we were even talking about. <laughs> and so about. You're, you're dealing with a genius. You're dealing with someone who's reading books like Shakespeare. He's reading about U.S. politics. You can see Abraham Lincoln's uh, book right there. There's a book over here by Benjamin Franklin. Uh, You're working clearly, though he was not formally educated, uh, he was the da Vinci of preaching, pastor of the world's largest Protestant congregation for 40 years. And so he's a mixture, I think, of all of those different aspects. This is his matchbox. Oh my gosh, look, you can see how it's, I've never seen one like this. And you strike it there, you still right. see the red it's of the still match. There. It still has a bit of a, a smell. So he was a pipe smoker? He smoked a pipe, he smoked cigars, this is his pipe. Of course, back then, uh, it, was a, it was a style of status if you had a big, long pipe. Yeah. Notice Spurgeon is, that's a very short pipe. Yeah, that's, and, why, the, that's why you see the, uh, the big, long pipes and um, the, in the French Revolution, you see everybody smoking the stub of a pipe because it was showing, I'm not an aristocrat. Yes, that's right. So, and Spurgeon, in many ways, was there's not. Less, there's less chewing <laughs> on this than there is that's this. That's true. He was smoking his pen. Yeah. Uh, Spurgeon was a people's preacher. You know, he was not upper class. Uh, and he gave all of his money away. And I think that stands in stark contrast to the preachers so of our own day. They were burning his um, they were burning his words in the streets of America. Yes, they were. Courthouses, plantations, in churches. Very often churches would have like a potluck dinner, like you've seen that sometimes, and then they would have a Spurgeon bonfire. One actually, uh, one bonfire, one in Montgomery, 1859, said, if Charles Spurgeon ever comes here, May a stout cord find its way around his eloquent throat. How old was he when they were doing that? In his early 20s. So what happened to him? When did he start? 16? He started preaching at 16. That's right. Why? Was he raised by a preacher? How did he find his way? He was raised in a Christian home, uh, but he heard a complete stranger one day. There was a snowstorm in Colchester, and he was walking down the streets. He gets lost in this blizzard, and he stumbles into this uh, little Methodist chapel. 
And he himself was not a Methodist, but he stumbles into this chapel and the pastor himself had been snowed in. It looked like the service was about to, uh, about to conclude. And then this complete stranger, Spurgeon never knew his name. Uh, this complete stranger goes up into the pulpit and starts preaching a sermon on Isaiah 45, 22. Look unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth. And for this 15-year-old, who by the way in six years would be the most popular person of his day, this 16-year-old was standing there and God did something in his heart. He was baptized after that event. You can see this rock here from the, bap- the baptismal river there in Iceland. And uh, from that moment on, he begins preaching these sermons. And in 2011, I discovered that he writes. That he writes. I discovered the lost sermons of Charles Spurgeon from his early ministry that you can you can see right there. Okay, so let's look, let's let's talk about this for a bit because you go over to Scotland. You obviously know who he is. You're studying his words, and. All of his early sermons from 16 to how old? 19. 16 to 19. He's a millennial of his day. Three years of his sermons, um, they're lost. Nobody knows where they are, except they're actually being very well taken care of. They're at his college, so for 160 years they were lost to publishing history. Okay. And in 1857, not long before the Civil War got going, he himself had wanted to publish these sermons, but he failed to do so. Uh, He wanted to come to America and advertise these sermons, but of course, had he done so, he very well would have been assassinated. So you start reading his sermons, you're sitting there, and did you know they were the early sermons? At the very beginning, my wife, Rebecca, was with me, and I was was holding this stack of 11, 12 volumes, and uh, I recognized the handwriting, but it was a bit different. I didn't know that these were the very lost sermons, and I about fell out of my chair. You know, this is the, the treasure in Spurgeon's scholarship. These sermons say so much about how he became, like how this teenager with his work ethic uh, became the most popular person of his so, day. 